Sometimes in life, you have the opportunity to break yourself in gently to something. And I think back to the first day of the Bristol to Beijing cycle ride when we cycled nine miles from the center of Bristol to Pill on the outskirts. That was a nice, gentle introduction. However, other times in life, you're thrown in at the deep end and you find out whether you can swim or you sink. And this is a story about Tom, Tom Lowe, who's now joining me for this final leg across India, getting thrown into the deep end on his first day of cycling. We were reunited in the town of Dorky on the border between Bangladesh and India. I say reunited, but in a sense it was united in that Tom and I, in fact, have only been in the same place twice before. We spent hours and hours on Zoom calls together and we have strategized, planned, worked on all aspects of the Bristol to Beijing cycle ride. And Thomas brought an absolutely huge amount to the project, whether that's outreach, fundraising, visas, schmoozing with governments. Tom has been a huge, huge help. And so I've been really excited to share this ride, the reality of it on the ground with Tom. But perhaps the reality came a little bit too hard on our first day together. So we, we met at the frontier town of Dorky. It's a very wet place. It's pretty out the way. It is sort of in the back of beyond. It's on the far side of the Meghalaya mountain ranges from Assam. And, you know, there's, there's a few small cafes. There are a few veg sellers. There's one State Bank of India branch, but there's not much more than that in the town. And on our first morning, it was chucking it down with rain. So we were waiting in our guest house before before we got going. And I went for a run that morning and I got absolutely soaked within about three minutes. Now, at about 12 o'clock midday, we set off eventually. And ahead of us, with 37 kilometers. That's all we had to do that day, 37 kilometers of riding. However, only wouldn't be the right word here because across those 37 kilometers, there was 1,500 meters of climbing. So essentially we had a day that was going all uphill. But we started and we made some good progress in into the slopes. It was dry by this point, And amazingly, the road had already dried out as well, because not only was it wet initially, but it was also very warm and it's very humid. And so within about 15, well, five minutes of cycling, I at least was drenched in sweat. Like just my, it, it could have been like it was raining for how wet I was. There was just sweat oozing out of every pore of my body, which I'm sure was a lovely sight for Tom to see. And we were going up these winding, narrow roads. And it was very green. It was kind of quite forested. And out to our left, we could see 
Bangladesh. There was a river, and then beyond that, there was sort of the last, my last sighting of Bangladesh. And we gained a lot of height, and in the early stages, and then the vegetation changed. It became more jungle-like. It became even more humid, and there were birds calling, and there was the the movement of the trees. And what was really interesting to me is that actually we could hear the birds calling, and we could hear the trees moving. Because this was one of the quietest sections of road that I had been on since probably parts of Gilgit Baltistan, the mountainous area of Pakistan. And in fact, we could play music through the speakers without having to turn the volume up to full whack and actually hear every word. And that is something that just has not been possible through Bangladesh, through India. There are just so many cars and motorbikes and trucks and horns the whole time that it's actually really difficult to listen to any music, even with it really loud. So it was very noticeable that here we were not quite by ourselves, but it was pretty quiet. And that that was a really nice part of this Meghalaya area. That's the state that we were cycling through. But it was also interesting that the nature of um, interaction with people changed. Now, going through India and Bangladesh, people were constantly curious but wanting selfies. And so most of the time, if someone came along on a motorbike, they would be asking for a selfie. However, on the riding that we were doing, most people were giving us thumbs up, some cheers, the well done, well done, and then just driving on. And that was something I hadn't really experienced since Central Asia, or maybe Azerbaijan. And to me, that's a much pleasanter form of support that it's, it's goodwill extended, well done, good stuff, and then people carrying on rather than, than wanting to take a photo with you, to get you to stop, to ask a lot of questions. And so we, we made a lot of good progress. And we went through a village and there was a church and it was Sunday. So there were hymns. There was a whole congregation was singing out of the church. And that again felt very, very different from any other part of India. And I think it's a reminder that India is, in some ways, it's, it's many different countries. The amount of variety in India is extraordinary. So we carried on climbing kilometre after kilometre. Tom was doing a great job on the back, but this it was really a baptism by fire that we were probably going along at about maximum five miles an hour and having to just grind out, grind out, grind out, and Tom's bum was getting a bit more and more sore, and we were having to work really hard up these climbs. But we were making good progress. And then after a, a break where we stopped at a, a chai place, which also had some sort of chickpea curry, and I ended up having five bowls of this stuff. They were small bowls, but I don't think the lady really could believe her eyes. We carried on up the road and then the first real, well, the second real challenge of the day hit. The first real challenge, of course, was 
were the hills. The second real challenge was getting a puncture, which is always a bit frustrating. We repaired this puncture. We carried on going up the road until about 20 minutes later, we got another puncture. And this was causing a, a significant delay. Remember, we started at 12 because it had been chucking it down with rain in the morning and we were going pretty slowly. So it was beginning to get quite late in the day. Now, luckily, there weren't many trucks on the road because Sunday is the day off because the border is closed and a lot of trucks, well, basically all the trucks in this area, they're filled up with stones and they go across the border into Bangladesh because Bangladesh is a country that has almost no rock. It's just soil, clay, dirt. And so in fact, the way that they make building materials is they make bricks in Bangladesh and then they uh, smash them into pieces and that's how they make concrete. So their rocks are actually bricks. So the only actual stones come from India. So there's a big, big trade of stones that come down in these big trucks from India and across the border into Bangladesh. But on Sunday, the border is closed, so none of these trucks were here. However, we saw some of these uh, big truck stations by the side of the road. And as we were broken down with our second puncture, Tom got chatting to a few of these guys, and they are so young. These are like 16, 15, 18-year-old kids driving these huge trucks, seeming pretty friendly, but at least on their day off, like a lot of them were, let's say, at least a bit tipsy. But it just seemed like a an incredibly difficult life and also quite disconcerting that kids that young are driving trucks around. So we were pretty grateful that we weren't sharing the roads with the trucks that day. And that made a huge difference. Tom said the day he came over to Dorky in a taxi, he just said the road was packed full of trucks, which would have made things a lot worse. Anyway, so we repaired the puncture for the, the second time. I was feeling a little bit low on food. Tom was doing very well, but with a, with a slightly sore bum, but like impressive amounts of chat all the way through. He, he complimented me on some of my steering, cycle steering, he's saying, oh, I really like the way that you kind of contour across the road. You go from the left to the right, ease out the gradient. And I was like, yeah, that's just me wobbling across the road because we're not going in such a straight line up it. But, you know, I like to pass it off as all part of the plan. Now, I'd got to the back end of the day. It was beginning to get dark. And then this is when things really began to get tough because it started raining again. Now, Megalaya is one of the wettest places on earth and the rain does not disappoint. It is not a drizzle. It is not heavy. It is biblical. And when it started to rain within about a minute, we were just drenched through and I could feel my cycle pads sort of swimming beneath me. It was like sitting on a a waterbed or something, but not in a good way, not in a comfortable way. And we still had probably about an hour and a half, two hours of riding ahead, just up, up, up this hill. And it wasn't too cold at this point, but we were just getting soaked through. 
And then the wind started, and that really began to chill us off. And we sort of just kept going, and I was thinking, actually, at this point, if we have another puncture, we are going to get really cold because we'll stop moving, we'll be soaked through, there's this wind that's stripping off all, all our heat. And we went through another town that was getting us onto the final approach to where we were staying that night, which was with a, a wonderful guy called Victor who had invited us to stay at his retreat. And I just remember at this point it got dark, and it was still absolutely raining it down as hard as possible. And we were just passing these shops. And Tom said to me, you know, look, I don't, I don't think they're even impressed anymore. I just think they're sorry for us. <laughs> and we were you know, the, pretty much well, one of the only things out on the road, certainly the only uncovered thing. All the motorbikes had disappeared. And as we went up through this town, we get got a bit higher and as we reached exited the town we faced our final big challenge of that day which was then the fog that came in so it was wet it was cold it was windy and then we entered this thick thick fog probably you could see about 20 or 30 meters ahead and cars would just appear out of nowhere their lights would suddenly shine and then they would be upon you. And we passed this gas station, which you could barely see the sort of 15 lights that were sort of arrayed, uh, arrayed uh, on, on, the, on the roof of the gas station. Like that was on the other side of the road and you could barely see this place. Like that is how thick this fog was. And in this fog, we were trying to identify there was one right-hand turning that we were gonna take to get our way to this uh, retreat and bunkhouse. And it was a bit like finding a needle in a haystack. Of course, there is Google Maps. We do have our phones, but we were so wet and our phones were so wet that the screens wouldn't even work. And so Tom had been to this place before, he'd dropped some stuff off and he said, there's a red and green sign <laughs> that we need to look out for, and that's our turning off. So we're peering through the mist, trying to identify this sign. And I have to say, it wasn't, wasn't very easy. The whole experience was reminding me very much of Scotland. It was wet, it was misty, it was cold. It seemed like Scotland in summer. Eventually, we did find this turning, and we limped our way home to this retreat and there were these like two bunk houses and we just parked the bike up under the shelter we just ran into the bunk house at last we were dry or we were in a dry place and we stripped off our wet clothing put warm stuff on got through the shower and, and warmed up and it was just a, an amazing day to look back on, that there had been so much that happened. And it was really, I reflected for Tom, it wasn't really a baptism by fire, but it was a baptism by water. Huge, huge respect and kudos to Tom for getting through a very, very tough first day and getting thrown in at the deep end and coming out with flying colours.
থাকবো না আর না শোনা থাকবো কথা